All right, Two Planker Podcast. We're back in the RV. Today's guest is Dom Pucciarelli. And Dom, thank you for being here, dude. Yes, sir. So, Dom is the first person I personally know that rides for Icelandic. And I was talking to Ryan. I'm like, dude, I think we got to do an episode. So, Dom, here you are, dude. Here I am. Here we all are. <laughs> yeah. Mount so, Hood. So, how would you describe yourself? Like, if you were going to be like, hey, here's a quick snippet of me. Like, what would what do you describe yourself as? Man, that's, that's tough. I'd probably say... Uh, always down for the cause man help out somebody trying to get clips somebody trying to progress just always trying to be positive yeah. stay in the scene yeah yeah fair play colorado sponsored by Atlantic housing inspector engaged right yep all the above dude hell yeah so like we were saying before i think this episode is gonna be like just a different route into the ski life like you got you got a job, but you're also still super involved with skiing. So I think it's going to be a good role model for, uh, you know, just another template for how to make it work. And uh, yeah, what do you think of that? Do you feel like you have a non-traditional path in skiing? Yeah, I would definitely say so. Um, grew up in Colorado. I grew up in the time when Colorado was the mecca. Park skiing, way different than it is now, but there's still obviously a scene there. Um, so grew up surrounded by that um my younger days did a lot of racing always was watching the park scene you know just just use racing basically to get me to the mountain um and then obviously real quick transition into everything else you know big mountain riding park riding and from there man it was just you know it was just something i had to do every week many days and as you possibly could Dude, so you're born in '93, so you were like you were like five years old when free skiing was born. Dude, you know I definitely grew up in a different era. Like, I straight remember buddies with VHS tapes of ski videos. Yeah. Let alone the DVDs. Now it's a whole different world of just getting three, even a three-second clip. People are hyped on, but I come from you know the full movies, the full edit kind of days. Yeah. Do you remember like some of the first videos that you watched on those VHS tapes? Dude, well, uh, was it Shanghai Six? A lot of those old ones, dude. But definitely where I got hooked was I got Every Step DVD. That's where those guys hooked me. Every day is a Saturday. Yeah, dude. Like if those were tapes, I would have ran them out, you know, trying to rewind them. <laughs> dude, yeah. So you said we were talking about Step movies last night. Yeah, because we met Shay Flynn, dude. Because we met Shay Flynn, second episode in a row that we're talking about it. We met Shay, dude. We're all we're all shook about it, but. You said that you went to all the step premieres, so I want to hear a little yeah, bit about that. Them, yeah. Well, what I remember is they were blast, dude. It was something to look forward to every every year, right? We'd rip down from, I mean, even from Gunnison one time, but basically a couple hours we're about to Boulder. Yeah. Go see those premieres. It was unreal, dude. What those guys are doing, how even old? by today's standards, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. How How old were you at the time of those premieres? Oh, I don't know, man. Probably. 18-ish, somewhere in there. So you were like around the same same age as those guys, Close, approximately. Yeah, yeah. Close for sure. Dude, do you remember anything in particular? I mean, I I've heard that they were just like held on the Boulder campus. Is that true? Held like. Yeah, like they would do the premiere and like rent out like a like a lecture hall. Oh, dude, I think they did a couple. I know they did some like smaller ones, like homies' houses, mm-hmm. and then there was ones that you know like full theaters. And you went to the full theater ones. Yeah. Yep. 
Anything it was just rowdy, out? dude. It was just rowdy. Yeah. I mean, it was just cool seeing all those guys, dude. And obviously, they were going nuts. Like, you know, they're either in the front or the back just going ham. But everybody was, dude, because they're on a whole different level. Yeah, dude. So Hard sick. bodies, dude. All of them across the board. Yeah. It's and they're insane. kind of local heroes for you guys now. They're all dent. I mean, it's actually a mix of like uh, East, Coasters. East Coast kids, but they were doing all their premieres in Boulder when they were going to school there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man, all of those guys were in Colorado based, so it was cool. I mean, you run into them at the mountains, yeah. like I said, back in the good old Keystone Breck days, big parks, like you're just standing up there with those guys. It's like, yeah, you know, I could be like that one of these days. Yeah. Tell everybody about the old days at, of Summit, because I remember, I caught the tail end of it, dude. The older kids at my mountain, yeah. they moved out to Summit, I'm talking like Kirk Scully, Lupe, they're posting oh, yeah. pictures from A51. Dude, and then one day, out of the blue, it was like those parks got erased from the face of the earth, and it, everyone left. It did happen quick, it seems like. Yeah. Just like one mountain after another. Obviously, now, as far as Colorado goes, Copper you know, took that clientele over, and that was a good move on their part. But those old days, man, I mean, the pro jumps at, at Breck, at Keystone, were just insane. Seeing people throw down on that. You'd be standing up there with Olympians, dude. It's insane. Yeah. Everything was built so perfect. Jumps higher than the fucking lifts. Yeah. But those were the days. It was so sick. And all those features at that time, it's like, oh, man, I'll never be able to hit that. And then all of a sudden, a couple years go by, man, lapping those parks. Yeah. It's insane. So you grew up in Denver? I was born in Denver, but I grew up in the foothills in Bailey, Colorado. Bailey? Yeah. Okay. I feel like that sounds familiar for some reason. Bailey, dude. South Park. You seen the TV show? Yeah. It's right there. I live in true South Park area now, where the show's based off of, but grew up just over the past from that. Yeah. So when you were growing up, was the park, were the parks popping off? Definitely, dude. Yeah. Definitely. And honestly, I wish I should have, like, uh, shuffled how I ran through my life, basically. But I wish I would have stayed in some a little bit longer, because those, those parks were popping. But I ended up going to school in Crested Butte, which, dope-ass mountain. They had an awesome park scene when I first got out there. Sponsored by DC, lots of money going in the park, like insane. And then that was another one over, overnight over the summer, right? Yeah. Just, just fell off. Another one, but it's still a fun mountain. I mean, hindsight, I wouldn't do it any other way. It was a great time yeah. out there. What caught? What causes that just sudden destruction of a park? Like changing ownership or what? Yeah, changing ownership. Um, basically, the owner's priorities, man. Like they just don't. I, I never understood it with Crested Butte. They have Fallen Mountain, insane steeps, get insane snow, insane backcountry to snowmobile in, insane across the board. It's like, just why can't we have a place that has insane mountain and an insane park? And just like nobody can figure it out. It just like kind of goes through waves, you know? Yeah. Of yeah. just back and forth with that. Well, they yeah, lost so. sponsorships. They lost their, they lost their sponsorships. sponsorship Yeah. Park. Which was on the backside of the mountain. Yeah. Uh, Gold Lake Lift. R.I.P. R.I.P. They had a they had a super pipe there. Yeah, Olympians Aaron, were training there. Aaron, Aaron Big Air training, Blunk. Training there. He yeah. Torin. Yeah, dude. Shout out both those guys. They were always there ripping. That's where they, like, it's insane to think about now because all they have is like some little snowboarder cross courses. But yeah, it had its time. Yeah, and they did the first X Games there way back. Yeah, way yeah. back. Dude. First X Games was that Crested Butte. Isn't that like insane? Super long course. Like, rail that gives jump, you an rail idea. Jump, rail jump kind of thing. 
It was crazy. Mm -hmm. There's still old footage of it on YouTube. Uh, yeah. yeah, VHS. Yeah, I forgot to mention at the I forgot to mention at the beginning of this episode. We got <laughs> we got Barkley in the cut. We What's got, up, guys? We got Tuan in the cut. We got Ryan in the cut. So we had we're amassing a small audience in this RV every every show. But dude, after the Barkley episode, this is this is for sure the most that we've talked about Crested Butte ever on the show. Yeah, and it's also definitely the most we're ever going to talk about Western Colorado. Yep. So being from Colorado. And being already in an awesome ski scene at a time where that scene was probably at its peak, what were you thinking when you finished high school and you're like, oh, you know, I want to go to school, I want to keep skiing? I mean, it seems kind of obvious that you're going to stay where the skiing's at, which at the time is luckily your home state. Yep. Um, I wanted to, I pretty much narrowed, I knew I wanted to stay in Colorado. A lot of my family's there. Again, in hindsight, I wish maybe I would have went up to like Bozeman or something and then came back to Colorado, but love Colorado. It's in my blood. I knew that I wanted to stay there, so it was, honestly for me, it was Western State, business degree, whatever I could scrape up, or Alamosa, and, or, um, sorry, Fort Lewis. Where the hell is that? <laughs> That's down like Durango. It's like kind of Southern Colorado, but I want to do snowcat mechanics there. Those are my two figured i wouldn't get very far in snowcat mechanics but i do i like equipment and all that stuff i do construction on the side so that was that's my extra second extra way of making some money but so that was kind of even at a young age i was kind of in the construction industry so built those back and forth wound up in gunnison and it was awesome out there yeah you seem like a practical guy were you going to school like you know, some people go to school just because, like, oh, yeah. Like, first of all, I want to go skiing, so I'm going to go where the skiing is. And then I guess I'll do classes. Like, were Dude, you, did you have a mission going to school? Yeah, I 100% went to school for skiing. Oh. And I just skated through, and it worked out. I got my degree, which is awesome. I'm, I'm glad I accomplished, accomplished it. But I definitely went for skiing. And, yeah, there's just a lot of partying along the way. It was just – I would have tried to – I would probably would have tried to learn a little bit more than just try to skate through, but we did yeah, it. It's a sick time though. Think about all those events and events that happened. In that yeah, it was. It's the a cool area. Sick. Shout out to Colorado Free Skier. Yeah, they used to have um, all sorts of like little campus rail jams, rail jams on the mountain. CB was super cool. Um, they do little park shoots for us, sunset shoots. It was really cool. Yeah. And then it was really awesome to get involved with another team atmosphere for me before that it was racing racing was cool just to be on the team but it just wasn't my thing like happy racing or yeah racing? yeah like yeah slalom and gs which i'm so happy i did that because i got some just basic core skills down as far as skiing goes and it gave me a good foundation to kind of work up after that in the park skiing but um yeah the the team's and all the friends I made out at Western were, were awesome. I had some, a couple small crews before that, but then um, definitely lifelong friends too that I met from those from being on the team. Gravy. Oh yeah. Gravy crew. Dude, Gravy crew. Shout out to Gravy yeah. crew. If any of you guys are listening, you're all mostly snowboarders, but you might you might come across this. That was those were my boys, dude. They, my homie Chip. If you don't know Chip, you should know Chip. But he always had a Jeep Cherokee loaded down for urban missions. He had the drop-ins, the shovels, bungee banshee, generator, lights, everything in there. 
and he would always be the hype man and get us up. We used to hit, hit spots all the time around there. I think we hit every rail that was like feasible around campus, Monarch, Crested Butte. I miss those days. That's because I don't have a, a good urban crew. You got to have people that are down. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you like when you went to when you went to Western, did you get straight on the team? Is that something you got to try out for? Is it like a club where it's like, hey, you know, anyone that wants to be on this week, we really, can be on this. anybody who wants to stick with it can get on it. Um, some people during like trainings definitely like weed themselves out real fast. But there was, you could take two paths. You could be on the park pipe team. You could be on the all mountain team. And then sometimes they actually, the paths collided at events and trips. So that was really cool. I think, I mean, at the peak of that program, man, there was like probably 60 people involved with both those teams. It was really cool. There's a lot of people involved. And then there's like Nordic kids and all that stuff too. But it was cool. Just Nordic, to... cross country, freestyle, free ride. But those deteriorated yeah and they kind of morphed they still have such a strong powerful free ride community and team there that goes around if you ever everywhere. get a chance to go to crested butte do it and just just like stop in the middle of a run sometime and just look at everybody and just like everybody around there just all around is just a skis way harder than than any other resorts just because crested butte's a fucking beast yeah just it's crazy so when you guys, you guys are going to school at Gunnison, so that's your home mound, but that ain't like Crested Butte is not close to Gunnison, is it? It is. Twenty five, twenty five to thirty five. Whoa! I thought it was way further out in the boonies. It's a lot of, like cool farm country, so you're just driving through farms and seeing cows and ranches between the thirty minute drive between Gunnison and Crested Butte. So all the pe- people, the affordable people, the college kids are all living in Gunnison. Yeah. Oh yeah, because Gunnison's a little cheaper than the mountain. And it's where all you know all the parties are mainly happening. All the just all the kids are congregated down there. Land actually, Gunnison is going crazy. Oh, I'm sure. Is going up because Vale. The whole state, yeah. Bought out Crested Butte, which is means more development. Sadly, which is sad because that place was some of the cheapest rent I ever paid. Yep. Damn. And also, you got Black Canyon of the Gunnison, which is the only reason I've ever thought about going to Gunnison. There was all sorts of cool stuff around there. The when I got out of the dorms and I got up to school, the very first apartment complex that I signed a lease at gave me a free pass to Monarch, which is another ski area, just the, you know, just heading the opposite way out of town there. So that was super cool. So there's all sorts of little stuff that probably has gone away by now that no. made that place fucking Remember awesome. at Monarch, you could drop off perishable, non-perishable items and they would give you a ticket. Tickets, yeah. Yep. And then you could also dress up as Santa, free ticket. Yeah, no, I mean, right, Monarch's OG, for sure. Wow. No high speeds, none of that shit. All old school vibes, not corporation owned. It's cool. We need more mountains like that. Dude, as someone that's uh, born and raised in Colorado, what do you think of Colorado folks? Because uh, I, I definitely know the outsider's perspective. Colorado folks, man. I'll tell you right now. It's not a positive perspective. You, you guys can agree, be a little man. bit annoying. I would agree. Colorado, 20 years ago, it's probably different than, say, 40 years ago, but it's not the same people there. You get a lot of, uh, what were you calling those dads, Barkley? Black Diamond Dads. Black Diamond Dads running around. Yeah. It's a whole whole different clientele. And I don't know if I just noticed it more with uh, in the last, say, five years where the park scene kind of shifted. A little bit more. But the good, uh, 
the plus side of Colorado is I feel like the the park community is all very nice to each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd say that probably anywhere. But some places can get pretty clicky. Or... Yeah. Brighton. Brighton's one of the clickiest mountains there is. Yeah. Down. No, I mean there's definitely clicks out yeah. in Summit County across the board, but you're right. People are definitely more welcoming. For sure, because everyone's on the same page. <laughs> I feel like anywhere. Everybody could probably easily get on the same page, you know, once you get to know people. Yeah, dude. Twan's getting bullied at Brighton. It's, it's not me, it's <laughs> Cut that out, yeah. We're, be- we're beeping that part out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is there, uh, are there certain areas of Colorado where they're mo- it's more Black Diamond Dad than others? Like, is it like what if you had, like, if there's what's like a, 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 we'll go positive before we really rip into the negative. Like, what's a good mountain to ride at where it's like people here are good, atmosphere is good, you know, maybe it's affordable if that's even possible anymore. Like, where's the good area to ride at? I mean, I think you got to take affordable out of that equation because everywhere's getting a little ridiculous. But I mean, copper for sure. They even call it the Athletes Mountain for a reason. It's crazy. The train is a training ground so cool unfortunately it's like it's pretty far of a drive for me but i still make it out there it's like it's an hour each way for me it's probably make it happen because it's so worth it every day um but that's that's the spot to be 100 percent. all right let's get negative what is the worst spot in colorado the worst ski area yeah or just like uh, you're going keystone and breckenridge on a holiday weekend facts facts that is facts <laughs> what's what's so bad about it Dude, they they bust them in. They bust them in by the truckload. Spring break, three much. rounds, dude. Everyone is just like the clogging. You know, you you everyone's yeah. viral video or viral. Like, video or bail, I don't have this problem or all the problems, but say so you're coming up from Denver, talking three hours to get to the ski area. Then you get in the parking lot. And there's a line for the bus. You get to the bus. The bus takes you to the gondola. Gondola has a line. Then you get off the gondola. To the lifts. Guess what's there waiting for you? Line. Lines. You get to the, you get on the lift, you get to the jumps, there's fucking lines. Those weekends are the worst, and it kills me. And it makes you not even want to go ski just because it gets so plugged up. Yeah. But that's, that's what the cool part is, thing, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The cool, the cool part is, I mean, you just go do something different. You know, you go, I do a lot of skinning. Well, not a whole lot, but enough. Seems like a lot because it's a lot of work, but I go do some skinning. You go hit some spots, still find some good powder. Yeah, but we gotta get you on some street spots next year, though. Yeah, yep. Been a little light on the street spots for sure. Found a couple cool ones out in South Park. A couple of rails that I'm eyeing up, just that I drive by all the time with work and whatnot. But yeah, a lot that's of, that's that's the key. That's what spots. I was talking about, dude. Bringing it back to having a good crew. Like that's the tough part. Young Barks has his crew. He's got his roommates, but it's tough to link up sometimes. Everybody get everybody on the same page, you know, but. Yeah. Um, let's just stay on the same wave. What's another horrible spot in Colorado? Colorado, dude. <clears throat> uh, well, bad. Oh, I-70. I Yeah, I was going to say the entire I-70 corridor. corridor. Let me just tell you, I drove up that bitch every chance I could and wasted hours of my life on that thing. You did waste a lot of hours and I was amazed because I would not be able to handle that. I specifically live on the other side, the other road per se out of Summit County because I like it out there. 
it's kind of like I like going to Disneyland. I don't like living in Disneyland kind of thing, you know. <laughs> so it's I like being out in the woods, being on that side of the pass. It's at least consistent. It's a consistent rip all the time. It's yeah. never blown out. You have one of the most peaceful, calm little compounds. I call it the Pucciarelli Palace. Don't they keep it open because um, of military too? Yeah, it's a military route out of Alma and Breck, so it's always open. There's definitely some some sketchy days, especially with 285, that whole zone out there. You should talk about your garden. <clears throat> yeah, let's talk about your little compound. I mean, I could, I could sit here and shit on Colorado all day long. I think it's just... Uh, Fun topic. It just it and, and it's really bottomless. You could you could say a million negative things about Colorado and the people that live there. Hmm. I, but you know what? We have a couple people in here that live in Colorado see. and they're good folks. But tell well, everybody about your compound. Because, compound, dude. Yeah. I'm renting to own a cabin up there. It's on three acres. Super nice. Super secluded. Generally, pretty nice part of the county. It's kind of a little bit of a rough area. Wild West, yeah. might call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we got pretty nice pad, two-story, little house there, garage, greenhouse. Um, got a big open area for the winter months. I have my tube set up there. It's always got something set up. October made it till I think the like couple days shy of May this year. Actually, the snow pack was a little rough. Then before turns, it started melting out. Then it turns into the Pucciarelli PVC Palace. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. During that time. For sure. Um, yeah, no, it's it's nice for sure. Like when COVID hit and they shut everything down, you know, everyone's like afraid to go do anything. Just sat out there and made just setups every day, different setups, practice switch ups, just fun in the sun. It was it was awesome. So it's a good spot to be. I'm happy with it. Yeah, dude. Honestly, Dom's my inspiration for like this party never needs to end. You know. I joke around that you're 30, and which I, I, which is like everyone's like, oh, that's old. That's like not old at all. But it's kind of sick that you're at Spring Pass and you're ripping PVC pipes at like in your late 20s. That's just so, I love it. Yeah, I try to. I just try to keep it alive as much as I can, dude. I love being in the mountains. Even <laughs> like, I told Barkley, he's like, he's like, how many? We were talking about how many days we were gonna ski and all that shit, and he's like, oh, dude, you could get like. You could get like 15 days instead of just 14. Like, I'm like, dude, if I went up there and skied one run at Hood, I'd be hyped. Like, that's all I need. Like, just whenever I can, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, man, you get a little older, you gotta. I get just got sick of like struggling for money. Like I was telling you, I was working night shifts, all that stuff. Yeah. So dude. I had to make a big switch up. And so that's now that segues into how I feel like sometimes I have a double life. Normal job functional member society a couple days of the week and then just keep them on yeah. the weekends you know yeah and then work hard as hell in the summer so i can do that each winter and have a good time let's uh let's talk about like the pre-double life when you were on the ski team and then you became the coach yeah. picked up by Atlantic. tell everybody about uh that period of time dude that's that was a fun that's that probably covers like four or five years it's easy but the ski team, man, I had a good time. I went up to Western, got on the team, um, stuck with it. Like everywhere we went, man, it was just such a fun time. We do extended weekends. Um, living out there is just so nice to go to a different mountain too. Like if you ski, say a hundred days, crest would be like you were just ready to go hit something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everywhere we went was just sick. 
We went, I mean, all over Colorado. We went East Coast, West Coast. Had awesome trips, man. Yeah. That's what really got me hyped. And, and then I was so stoked, too, because just to go hit different parks and see these different mountains. Like, at that time, you know, there wasn't, like... Dude, Instagram was, like, new at that time. Like, you couldn't just see clips from all those places. Which is kind of crazy to think about. New schoolers. It was all dude, new schoolers, dude. I remember we were at... Um, I don't even know, man. Maybe, like, my sophomore year of college. Like, you were talking about one of those Western Rail Jams. Um, I remember one kid just like said something like, I just overheard it. It was the weirdest thing. Just kind of when you're just zoning out and you just listen to other people every now and then, um, he was just saying, Oh, Instagram, you don't even know what Instagram is. And like, he was just talking to all these people and it was like a brand new app, like just fresh out. So I, I just thought that was funny. Like there wasn't, you know, clips every day getting dropped in your face. So you didn't get to see all these places and even for me, I only skied a couple of different mountains when I was growing up. So even to go to other mountains in Colorado and see these parks, that got me stoked. Yeah. And just fed, you know, just fed the hunger through through college, man, just to go ski as much as we could. Um, I would always try to put together a real nice spring break for the boys. Try to just try to be the <laughs> ringleader and just go on a trip. And we kept it alive for as long as possible. Still trying to keep it alive as long as possible. Every year I've done it pretty sick spring break trip literally pick like the same two weeks as if i was in school and just try to set that time aside every year and do a cool trip that being said this year i decided not to do that because i knew i needed to go to hood this year and this was going to fall in that place you know in that little two-week gap yeah so was there any reason why this one was special like what? was there any reason why this one was special as opposed to uh doing it in march i mean obviously you can't do do this what um, we're doing now in march well obviously you know traditional spring break there in march you can't beat that um, but I just heard how, uh, how hood was in the past, those last couple of years. Like I said, it was a wild time, so I had to come check it out. And I've been wanting to ski hood. I mean, talk about all the old edits that used to come out of here. All the Wendell's session oh my God, edits. Dude. Remember the like, session edits that yeah. came out every week? Yeah. Yep. Like sure. Tom Wallish on yep. Amplids. Yeah. Remember that era? 100%. percent that was That was sick with Pretty like, Lights edits. So far, so hood. So far, so hood, oh dude. dude. Like, all One of that. the sickest edits of all time. I know. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like that. Dale Talkington. Mm-hmm. One of the sickest edits of all time at hood. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I remember he was like blasting like cork nines off the knuckles of the jumps and shit. Yeah, all the clips. Dude, was, yeah. there's just, I mean, there's so too much, much to even. So many clips. But that's, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, it's been actually on my bucket list to get up here. I don't know why it took me so long, but it's just been, normally it just boils down to to, to work and ski, you know, being able to fun, fun skiing and make something happen, so. Yeah. Talk about the, uh, the sponsorship grind. Getting, getting picked grinding. up, looking for sponsors, how it's changed over the years, what you've seen. How it's changed. Because I was joking today filming iPhone clips. <laughs> or maybe, yeah. it was, maybe it was yesterday. Yeah. Hey, we're making a sponsor Dude, me tape. That's exactly like yeah. that's what it used to be was sponsor me tapes. Everybody's making season edits. Like I remember all my buddies, like that was a cool thing. Even if it was a couple minutes, like they'd have a season edit, put all the clips together. I still try to do that. Honestly, just because now that I'm older, I'm looking back. At those edits, I'm like, holy shit, like, I don't even remember that. And it's cool to watch the progression through them all. Yeah. So I still try to do that, even if it's, you know, five-minute long edit or something. So season edit at the end of the year, 
So I think that's the that's one way for sure. Yeah. You and Barkley are very similar in that way in that even though, you know, it's not required anymore, you guys still do it for the love of it. Yeah. Yep. And it's fun. I mean it it's super fun. I the number one thing that I love about skiing it's that it takes you to places that you may have may never go. You know, like for yes. me I've been to other countries, a couple other countries skiing obviously different states and it's cool because i don't know if i would i don't know if i would have went to government camp oregon i might have went somewhere else you know yeah if it wasn't that they were skiing here you know that's that's the coolest part is just all the different places dude dude it's funny i skiing makes you do some funny stuff like i think i consider the road trip out here part of skiing like when I'm going to when I'm going to Badlands on my road trip out here, for me that's part of the sport of skiing, which is I think is the most common example of that is opera skiing. Like they think people are like, oh yeah, the bar afterwards is part of the sport, dude. I think every single every single thing leading up to or following skiing is part of the sport. Dom, Dom could tell you some funny ass stories about opera in, in Germany. Switzerland, where the fuck you were? Yeah, yeah. Let's dude, hear something like that. Honestly, Europe. That it's got the best operas, dude. Like the coolest part is you can finish up your run and you ski in and the run out to you know the tram or whatever to get off the mountain goes past all the bars. So it's like you're you just click off your skis and you're there and it's so easy to lose track of time, you know? Like you know that feeling after you're done skiing, you just get so much adrenaline yeah. before, you know, after a couple hours after skiing or whatever. <laughs> But they had the best spots, dude. All the best little bars. You would get hammered. Like, you would lose track of time. You, it would be midnight, 2 in the morning. And then the best part, then you ski home, dude. <laughs> and it's, oh. uh, like, every night after partying, then you just, like, it's funny. Everyone's trying to click into their skis, crashing all over the place. Dude, you're literally laughing the entire way out. And that's, like, the funnest shit. But you never know what you're going to run into. Yeah. I forgot how we even ended up there. There's some weird air flowing around in this RV. Yeah. Sponsorships. Let's get back to that. Getting back to being sponsored. Hella sponsored, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hella sponsored. <laughs> Insane. Um, <laughs> I would say the... I just came from a different time, man. Like, it was... Yes, that's how we got to this. Yeah. I mean, you go to the mountain... If you're skiing there, you go to a place like this, you stay here for a week or two, you like are seeing the best skiers. You're not seeing it because you saw it on Instagram. It's like, these are the people ripping here. This may be a bad example because like obviously everybody congregates here, but like just any mountain that you would go to, like you see, oh man, that dude is killing it. Local pro, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I come from those days and that, that kind of networking, more than just fire off as many clips as you can, you know, just reach as many people. Like it was just... Um, kind of how i linked up with those guys like they were a colorado brand out of golden colorado these guys grew up in colorado they're all super chill just kind of got to know a lot of them um shout out ashley dude came out to crested butte met up with me we were both hyped and that's kind of how i got my foot in the door with icelandic um they they've always been pretty good to me man in all reality hooking it up with skis i'm always just making edits they they don't ask too much. I don't ask too much of them, but they, the opportunity is always there. And everybody involved with that company are like true badasses, man. Like not just 
skiing wise are like, oh, you're the coolest dude, but like Travis, you're talking like Travis Parr. Yeah, he's a badass. Like, yeah, exactly. You're talking Travis insane artist. The graphics and you can correct me if yeah. I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he co-founded. Yeah, he's the he's been there since day one for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, it's yeah, they're just they're insane artists insane athletes insane runners insane skiers fearless people like across the board and it's like amazing like i feel like i don't even fit in that like how am i um you know even involved with that because they're like superhumans it's crazy but all super nice people super welcoming done a lot of fun trips fun events with them um, Did they, so you huge just, shout you, out you met up with this uh ashley girl yeah and she was uh, like, Ashley's a guy. Ashley's yeah. a guy. My boy, shout out. <laughs> um, <laughs> he knows. Um, yeah, I met up with him. Uh, so I really got my foot in the door. I heard that actually they were doing um, some hiring with a couple of their jobs. Um, like I think it was marketing. This was so long ago. But it was marketing. Um, and I pretty much was just sending them stuff. I even sent them like a little sponsor video. It's probably so stupid now. But who knows that could have been the key turned right there but um like ashley came out of the woodwork and just said dude you this is not the job you want like you clearly just want to ski for us and he hooked me up with kind of a more of a rep or ambassador kind of kind of job with them and it was always really sick hooking it up with skis and then it was been the last i think four or five years now that i actually was signing like contracts with them and you know get to get a little bit more opportunity you know to go on some trips be a little more involved um send them a certain amount of content all yeah that kind of can we stuff. talk about that a little bit we we're talking about that in a lot after skiing the other day like just what the companies you could talk vague if you want to unless you yeah. want to talk specifics but just like what companies are asking for from uh for like a sponsored athlete um i have to do a certain amount of high res and low res photos each month and through the ski season I have to do a certain amount of Instagram posts. And the cool part about like the, everything that they're asking me to do, like I was already doing anyway, so it didn't even matter, <laughs> you know? So it was all pretty easy, but um, yeah, and tag them whenever and just spread the buzz about Icelandic skis, which I really do like them. Uh, me being a big dude, I've torn up so many skis, so many. I have piles of skis at my house. I never got rid of any of them. I have just piles because I want to make sick fence sick piece of artwork something with all of them um i can already see like the past like five or six years of nomad lines all lined up i want to do something like that because each one of those is like a memory for me every like nick in there every stupid fucking pbr sticker i put on my skis or whatever it was is just a memory and like a phase for me and i'm stoked that i have that whole pile it's good to keep there. skis yeah like but like if I had to move, dude, like it's just that's a pain. It's a pain in the ass. But I have shit. I got a shitload of skis. Yeah, yeah, dude. exactly. So I feel like, um, so speaking of one of our guests in the room, you were Barkley's coach at one point. You went from the team and then yeah, you went yeah. up to coaching. So we'll swing back to the team. So let's talk about <laughs> team that. Team there, um, Coach Down. The team. So yeah, I was on the team for. Four years, I graduated. I stayed in Gunnison for a little longer. Um, I was still doing the night shifts at that time, trying to get night away shift, from that. Uh, night shift doing what? I don't know if we specified oh, that. The old night shift, if you don't know. Everybody knows. Everyone's done one. Um, 
yeah night shifts uh those that was fun while it lasted i literally spent like a couple years just working nights so i would work pretty much from like four to one o'clock in the morning ish um so i'd ski all winter first thing, first thing in the morning i go to class for two three hours and go ski pop my skis off i'm instantly at work doing maintenance at hotels up there so doing all sorts of different stuff um fixing pipes drywall just stupid shit most of the time we were just baked and honestly breaking shit there's just kind of like there's not not the right uh workers involved with all those <laughs> hotels but it was a good time uh we yeah pretty much fucked around that entire time it was I, I don't know i just needed to change i wanted to stay involved with the team bring it back to the team there i wanted to stay involved with them so i got um i pretty much said i want to stay involved and um basically they put me in everybody says coach but it's kind of like a manager's position there's a couple of us running around with the teams but that was that was a really fun year with those kids it was cool because at that time do a lot of these like especially barkley at that time just uh taken off like you know student superseding the master right kind of situation so it was cool like they were making me ski better that that group atmosphere on a trip man you you create bonds that you'll never forget like yeah. a couple of those trips man just like 10 day stints all over the country like those were the best Facts. best times ever Facts. i want to yeah. i want to ask barkley something really quick so you were, he was your coach at one point, and obviously you guys are great friends now. Is there mm-hmm. anything you want to ask him about his time as a coach that you've never asked him before? Better not ask about that lamp, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dom broke some fucking lamps at some condos in the clip. The person who overseed the, <laughs> the ski program pulled Dom in the office and tore him a new one because we rolled slips yeah. on our trophy and Dom broke the lamp in our condo and they yeah. got, we got a fine for it. But shout out to Nationals because we got trashed. I was going to ask. Uh, yeah, so that was <laughs> the trip he's referring to is down at Mount Bachelor. It's a pretty wild time. We skated by pretty good throughout those 10 days or so. Uh, I was the only one that actually broke something at the <laughs> the condo, so it didn't look good that the coach, like everybody thought somebody else broke it, but I knew that I broke it, and I wasn't gonna like say, oh, you know, try to point fingers or anything like that. Um, I'm not really sure what happened after we we rolled out because I thought we hid the lamp. Did not go well for me. It creeped up like a week and a half later after we got back, and I just got reamed. Apparently the hotel staff took some photos of the, the like the room and sent it to us because we were involved with the school is not good. They would get they would get calls all the time and stuff like that. Like oh there's a you know uh, Western van out here by the liquor store or something like that. Like it was just constant. So I'm not surprised that happened, but it caught me off guard for sure. And but that was like that's like the the cherry on top of a pretty awesome trip that we. We had there we were all competing everybody's thrown down uh it was literally like 65 degrees at bachelor um that entire time it was insane like yeah. kind of like what we're living through right now just way warmer uh it was definitely a sicker park at that time that year that we were up there it's probably like 2015 ish years yeah. yeah did you think of your question you wanted to ask him bark 
Which strip did you get the drunkest on? <laughs> the drunkest on? Hmm. Yeah, honestly, that one. That one was pretty... That was pretty bad. We had a long... We had like 22 hours in that van to drive back. And everybody was so hungover. Like, most... The van was, like, still drunk, actually, because... People at yeah. the strip club. Yeah, yeah. One of our kids got maced. Like strip club. The that strip wasn't club. good. We gotta get back in the van <laughs> but, to go back to school. Yeah. School van. Yeah. We were trying had, to go into strip clubs. Did you go to? Yeah. Did you go to Whiteface? I think that was like right no. before you. We had a so. sick. I had never skied the East Coast, dude, and I had a blast out there. Whiteface, you ever been there? I've never been there, Ice but I, I heard it's like pretty, pretty gnarly. Yeah, Upstate some New wicked York. boilerplate. <laughs> I don't know if they talk like that. Dude, that's exactly New York. what they say. That's everybody said. said. Everybody comes up from the city and says that. <laughs> from New York. the city, yeah. dude. Talking yep. about people that are annoying. New York City. The ice, damn, dude, boilerplate. Bro. Those people suck. You haven't heard that? I'm surprised. <laughs> no, I like that though. That sounds more like a Boston thing. Wicked. Well. Wicked. It's more of a New York thing. No, it is. It's a, it's a Boston thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We're gonna get a Twan episode going soon. Yeah. Who knows if it'll be oh, released man. to the public? No, please. <laughs> <laughs> can't do it. He can't do it. Um, all right. What else do we want to know? Oh yeah. So when did uh, when you transitioned from being like an ambassador to to a sponsored athlete signing contracts? What was that like in terms of how you were feeling? Just like on accomplishment mode. Like Dude, just, I remember yeah. I remember when they actually gave me the opportunity to sign a contract with them. I was pretty stoked. Like again, didn't change uh an insane lot of like what I had to do, but it kinda would help put me a little bit more on the map, grow my ability, grow you know, my friend group. Skiing is a lot of networking for sure. Especially nowadays, dude. Like, what are you doing, right? It's all just networking. It's all just talking to people. All of it. It's crazy nowadays. Um, But yeah, that I remember when I got that phone call, dude. I was so hyped. Like, I was sitting in the truck by myself. I was so hyped. But yeah, yeah, no, it was legit. Definitely legit. It was a good feeling. Um, If you get involved with any companies, it's like that you're seriously stoked in, something that kind of, you know, you want to rep, just stick with it stick with it i mean you may be amazed how long you're involved with a company you know and what could come up one year versus another Dude, like speaking of that yeah go ahead back when i was a freshman in college it's pretty young you know 18 i got a deal with planks for a year planks clothing english company no yeah yeah yeah. and they uh were telling me there was like dude we're going to be big. We're going to blow up. It's going to be crazy. They, I remember them saying that for like two years, man. They're like, we're doing this. And I was like, there's no way you're doing all that. And then now, they're huge. They're, they're doing a ton of stuff. Like, it's not just, you know, socks and hats. Like, they when they started back then, now they got everything. They got outerwear, you know, jackets, well, pants, everything across the board. So yeah. what I'm saying, bringing it back, is yeah. seize the opportunity because that, could have been you know a serious deal especially if i was you know knowing those guys for for 10 years yeah but I'm i mean to saying, your credit could be to any your company, credit anything to that could come up you know anyone can talk big anyone can say hey we have this idea that idea that's why everyone feels like they're special because everyone's yeah. got amazing groundbreaking yeah. earth-shattering yeah. million dollar ideas yeah. 
The difference between the people that make and the don't are the ones that execute on those exactly. ideas. Everybody's and got it's ideas, easy. dude. It's easy not to execute, man, for sure. It's easy. Yeah. Dude, the can-doers and can-doers, second episode in the series <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, dude. exactly. So I don't blame you for uh, for not believing yeah. at first, but yeah, that's kind of sick. Um, what's the, uh, today, talking 2023, what's the interaction like with the other athletes? You guys doing team shoots? Like, how cohesive is this unit that you're working with? Um, I mean, the unit is definitely a core group of people that been together for a long time, for sure. And it's and it's cool. Um, they're on their own, you know, vibe completely. They have all their trips. They're, you know, they're doing all their stuff that they're always, um, always willing to let many people tag along. They're always doing separate events. They do so much for the community down there. Um, it's really cool. They're all, they're all awesome. And they're, um, it's kind of always, you know, kind of ever growing, lose a couple people that fall off that kind of situation, but everybody's pretty much on the same page. But like I said, man, there's some warriors out there. It's crazy. I don't know if I just feel out of shape, but some of those, some of those guys, man, are true superhumans. It's, it's crazy. Like you're talking, let's go for a hike and they just run up an entire 14er. Like you guys all know who you are, my sister. Oh my God, everybody, dude! It's Count insane. me out of that, dude. I want to I know. No I, part I can't even do it, even if I life, if it was life dude. or death. It can. I couldn't make it without stopping. They're just ripping, man. So it's cool. They're all jacks of all trades, you know. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, well, dude, we're at modern times. We're at we're at twenty twenty three for you and your story. Yeah. Um, yep. Now we're keeping the keeping the spring vibe alive up here in hood oh wait double life i don't want to skip over that because we kind of went back to how you were doing the night shift so double life so sponsored by slantic what's your uh what's your regular 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 dom job you're just another average just an average guy yeah (laughs) during (laughs) a couple days out of the week four days a week um yeah so i where i brought up the night shifts because i wanted to get away from that i wanted to get a day job have a normal schedule that's somewhat flexible and get out of the Gunnison Valley for a little bit. That's a cool place, but you could show up there after being gone for five years and pick up right where you left off. You know what I mean? Yeah. You say that about any small town. I like small towns. Gunnison's sweet, but I had to kind of move on. Fair play is kind of weird in its own way. Gunny's got some better aspects, but so I moved out there, got a job with the county. I do inspections during the day so i'm dealing with just contractors new builds um people who are in trouble with the county all like i deal with all sorts of crazy stuff and again this is like way way rural colorado we're talking about where you have a lot of anti-government people uh sovereign people so it's kind of crazy, but Hell honestly, yeah. it sounds yeah, it dude. sounds weird. <laughs> it sounds weird, but it is my kind of people, dude. The fucking just you know forest people, people so, from the woods, you know. Bear with me. Like I with grew this. up in the woods, yeah. like not these kind of crazy woods that are out here in the Pacific Northwest, but it's different kind of woods, rural area. The people are their own breed. You do get some interesting ones from time to time. But for the most part, like it's it's a pretty chill job. I get to do a lot of driving, um, but that's where I say I live a double life because that and skiing, it's kind of it's cool that I can like that I can do both, have insurance, make money, 
and then kind of be able to balance it. But obviously, it's it gets to be a fine line quick where one could take over the other. So, yeah, but I'm got enough flexibility now where I got a pretty good grasp on it. So I'm I'm stoked to be able to do what I'm wanting to do like 12 years later from when I like really started skiing. It's insane. Yeah. Do you feel like like when you're going up to a house and you're inspecting and you got to and you got to tell this anti-government person, "Hey, you better make sure that the slats in your porch aren't greater than six inches wide or else the government's going to come in and fine you until we throw this you in jail. Do you feel like a cop Coast. that likes to smoke weed? Like, you're like, ah, I feel bad saying this, but I got to do it. Like, Dude, this, this is it? not East Coast, you know, your lawn's too long kind of like rules and regulations. Like, this stuff is, it's like safety violations and say imminent health hazards. Like your porch doesn't have a support beam type of yeah, hazards. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then some complaints, like some people are ridiculous too. Like they dig their heels in and are doing crazy stuff out there. Like you have any example? Yeah. Nothing. Tell a story. Tell a story about the craziest motherfucker <laughs> you ran into and pull up with cops. Oh, I've, I've been up to a bunch. Um, just one quick one off the top of my head that always comes to my head is there's this dude living in a camper i thought it was ryan here for a little bit but it wasn't it was somebody else um this dude was just a ex-military guy um there's so many people with a lot of drug and alcohol problems this guy was just kind of not a, all there but he just had a big old rv like this size and it was just full floor to ceiling with fucking ar-15s and even the sheriffs are like yeah they're like we're not gonna kick him out we're just gonna call him a sleeping duck so just leave him alone just leave him alone. He's not causing a problem. Just leave him there. Like nobody want to mess with them. Like we deal with that kind of stuff. Like just people trying to bug out. Um, but really, it's, a lot of it's like drug and alcohol stuff. Like people living in sheds and they have a mound of like tequila bottles outside the shed door. Like they just like it seems like their family doesn't even know where to put them. Like kind of oh, people because yeah. the land is so cheap and it's not. You're not near the grid in a lot of places. It's beautiful. But for like ranching, you know. Yeah. So like, there's some a lot of ranches that got subdivided, and they're just it's cheap properties. You never know what you're gonna run into. Dude, this might be uh, this might be a bit too macro of a thought, but isn't it crazy that like in those in the most beautiful places we we're talking about this with Barkley last night, like talking about like some like severe depression in Alaska yeah. or like just like you know you yeah. like you were just saying you know these people living That's in a shed gotta and, like, be on a scale way different because no but but what I'm getting at is like just like this like utter like misery and you know like a living hell in yeah. the most like some of the most beautiful yeah. places on earth yeah. yeah so like I mean I have to unfortunately be the bearer of bad news on a lot of stuff like failing inspections and those kind of things but like it is what it is you, you gotta just deal with it and that's like a lot of times people that's why people don't like government obviously nobody likes being told what to do and everybody hates paperwork you gotta do that shit but you gotta be the bearer of bad news sometimes so um i honestly yeah i, I feel bad about some of the stuff i've had to do but it's part of the job yeah you know everyone's got a job to do um whether it's like snowballs and fucking lift line cutting that shit out or it's you know putting a red tag on a project until we get something sorted out, you know? Yeah. Um, so, it's it's interesting. Um, but I have truly helped some people I know. Like, sometimes your situation has to get worse before it gets better. You know, so it's like, this is not the place that's going to be helpful for you. So, like, kind of move them on. 
and there has been some like people are living rough like some of those like i've had people live in garbage and shit do like just piles of garbage and pallets and trash from the dump and digging trenches in the ground build a tent under it and like trying to live there off of like milk and potatoes that's crazy <laughs> dude like none of that that's all real I'm not throwing lies at you, like no, I, I young Clark's light, but yeah, Barkley's Barkley lies through yeah. his teeth. I don't know if a single thing he said yeah. in this episode was real. Yeah, but, but dude, we were dude, talking I'm gonna about write a memoir on that. That's a whole separate thing. I'm writing a memoir on my yeah. all my experiences. Just dealing with the public, oh, so dude. I've, I've talked about the podcast before, dude. That's exactly it. Dealing Just with deal, the public. Dealing with the public. Oh my god. Yeah, I can't handle anyone that's who does it why, will say the same thing. The public's crazy, that's dude. That's part of why I live where I live, dude, because I like to just be away from it all. And probably in the next like 25 years of my life, I'll probably sink deeper yeah. into the woods, you know, and hopefully sit on more acres. And that's dude, the goal. It's crazy. That's my goal. The people that slip through the cracks of polite, polite, yeah. educated society. Yeah, dude, you work at a, you work for the local government. You're doing housing inspections. You work yeah. at a hospital. And you the work at a court. Is, dude, you're seeing every government. single person that's hidden away in yeah. everyday life. Those people got to deal with the hospital. They got to deal with Dom showing up to their house saying that, hey, you can't live in a pile of trash, buddy. Yeah. Damn government showing yep. up. Yep. <laughs> ruining all the fun. Yep. And that government, dude, has paid me to be up here for a couple weeks. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Tom, Dom's taking some PTO. Around. Got that shit figured out. Um, government's paying me to stay in government camp figure that out hell yeah. yeah so we're getting close to the time to wrap it all up we got a birthday to celebrate in the camp yeah, we do have a birthday shout out annabelle yeah shout out annabelle shout out annabelle hey any yeah. any last minute of your questions for uh coach dom here quick one dream trick dream trick man i wish i could get or just have a dirty cork nine blunt I've always wanted that trick and I've always just been a little off a little shaky not corked enough missed a grab I want to dial that in for sure hell yeah for so sure. Dom just trick. claimed it for tomorrow I didn't say it that I'm <laughs> stopping that shit I'm saying that'd be right, where All I right. want to be dialed up to we're gonna wrap this up Dom thank you very much for yep. coming on that yep. was beautiful time for you to get a shirt on dude yep. yeah <laughs> thank you yeah.